three mornings a week, we meet before breakfast for an early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms. This has become our favorite professional development. So we figured, why not share these moments with you? Welcome to Math Before Breakfast. This is episode 66. I'm Tracy Prophet. I'm Ruth Arquiaga. And I'm Jay Prophet. And we are, again, not before breakfast. We are after dinner because this is a weird wor- world that we're living in these days. Right. Um, we, we're before breakfast on Saturday. Yeah, that's true. Before Saturday, And we're breakfast. kind of before dinner. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we are going to finish up what we were talking about last week or last episode. It was just a couple days ago for us. Again, weird world. Um, but we are going to finish that up and tell two stories. I'm going to read two, read you two stories. And then we're going to try to tackle this education in the age of corona and figure out what that's going to look like. Ruth has gotten her directions from her school. And so we, we haven't even really, she started to tell me about it. And I was like, stop, stop, stop. Let's podcast <laughs> we it. save it for the podcast. Yeah, so we're we're gonna, gonna, we want to be fresh for everyone. Yes, exactly. So that's where we're headed. And we may not get through all of that, but we'll, right? we'll try. So anything else, anybody else have any other announcements or fun things to say to start? I don't think so. Just ready? Yeah. Let's okay. go. All right, let's go. So we ended last time by telling you about my super awesome friend, Lon. And if you haven't already gone to listen to her math songs, you should go back to the last episode and listen to them. Um, but we also talked about a story that she wrote, and it's kind of connected because we also have two stories that we have often used in our classes um, that we just really like, and we think you should hear them. And I think they're coming up because you are now at home with your kids and if there's a part of math that is often saved for the last quarter of your classrooms it's the geometry and the measurement portion Mm -hmm. of it why is that so i think it's because i think you're right i mean i remember you know with tracy when she was teaching math thinking about it so math builds this is just my like off the cuff answer but math builds and so a lot of times teachers have to before you teach like for me, I'm going to, I am supposed to teach multiplying and dividing fractions. Well, I can't teach that if we don't remember how to add and subtract. And I can't do that unless they can make equivalence and simplify. And so it's build, build, build. Yeah. And then you want to do that because you want to leave enough time. So I'll hit the difference between a square and a rectangle at the end of the year because I'm not really building on anything. I may be reteaching something that you were supposed to learn, but I would say that if you talk to high school geometry teachers, there are lots of them that are like, yeah, they don't know that when they come to me. Yeah, and so, they wish we didn't save it till the end. Yeah. I, my my hypothesis about that, Jay, is that computation, well, place value generally comes first and then right into computation next. And and I'm just saying that from my anecdotal uh, experience, right. I guess. But I think it's that the, there's so much computation to learn and it's hard in a lot of cases. And if you if you were to save it to the end, you don't want to run out on computation because I feel like a lot of people think that that's the meat of it, right? And you need lots of time in case you don't get it the first time. You need that review time to keep on going to mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. So that's my reason why. Well, and for me, I write my own scope and sequence. It's not given to me by my administration. And I feel like I can take a little bit of geometry, like perimeter and area, and insert it into computation. Mm. So when I teach addition, we do perimeter. And when I do subtraction, we do perimeter with the missing side. And multiplication and division, I use area. So I feel like some teachers understand that and can insert it kind of along the way. but. Nonetheless, many people might be still trying to cover geometry standards. And so that's what both of these stories. I guess I was thinking, and, you know, if the computation is adding and subtracting and multiplying, that's something everybody's going to use. But if the computation is, you know, more advanced stuff, measurement and, you know, things like that, I think are more real life skills than A squared plus B squared equals, well, that is geometry still. (laughs) Bad example, Jay. (laughs) Um, But, you know, other formulas and stuff like that, that they're not... It's not going to come into their real life as much as measurement. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good question. I mean, in an ideal world, all of it would be much more integrated than the way we teach it. all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In an ideal situation. So. Where is time. ideal? We need to move there. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Um, what was that? Get out of the lot. No, that's not related. Never mind. I, we had a friend that always used to say, you're in the logic pond. Get out of the logic pond or something like that. I don't and, have any friends that talk like that. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's move on. That was not the right. Anyway, here goes. Here's the here story. Go. Story number called one. Circumference and his new kingdom. And oh, I, yes. And I will say that, yes, there is another circumference. Right? Conference they called on the round conference? table. Yeah. And I, and I, we might have talked about this on the po- podcast before, but I think we have. I wrote, I'm going to, I don't think we actually read the story though. No, I don't so think so. I think it. we just talked about the way. So came I wrote this story in 2004, right? Yes. In 2004, when I was a student teacher in Ruth's classroom. And maybe I had heard the circumference or heard that those books existed, maybe. But if I did know them, I, I also think that they're a little more complicated than I wanted to do with your students at mm-hmm. that time. And so that might have been my, uh, what's the word? In- inspiration. There you go. But I didn't follow it. So I wrote a simpler story. Okay. So here it goes. And and as this, I'll probably stop and, and tell you kind of what was happening in the class. Should I do it that way or just read I the think story? You should, I think you should stop and let me comment because I am so ready to relive oh. when you just were like, I wrote a story. Is it okay if I read it? I'm like, sure. And the whole time I'm like, holy cow, <laughs> this is so good. I want to like crawl under my desk because I was going to say, today we're going to learn about circles. This is called the circumference. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Ruth, we're, we just, it was just oh, meant to happen. She had all her props. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Once upon a time, in a land far away, there lived a king named Circumference. Circumference wore a cape and a hat. Insert beach towel and a little hat beanie. Yeah. That spun. Yes. And let everyone in his kingdom know who he was. Oh, that let everyone know. So the beanie was, was like going was, around in a yes. circle, right? Okay. Circumference had terrible enemies who lived in the lands surrounding his kingdom. His enemies were called the Scuares, the Triangulace, and the Pentagonese. And it might take your kids a second to get that, but then they'll usually get it. Right. They get it when they can see the words because then they can see that you've spelled them the same way. You're just pronouncing them different. Circumference decided that he needed a wall to protect the people of his kingdom. He hired two royal construction workers to build it and gave them very specific instructions. One construction worker stood in the middle of the kingdom holding a rope. The other went to the end of the rope and placed a brick down on the ground. They were building a wall where each brick was the same distance from the center of the kingdom. They finished the wall in one day, and Circumference paid them each $1,000. So in this case, we oh, I should say that I, I cleared the room, right? Didn't mm-hmm. we move all the all desks? all the rooms around the outside. Yeah. And so they were sitting in a circle in the room and then circumference was sitting in the center on his throne and i actually got two kids to be the construction workers and so they i had a piece of string and they would he would hold one would hold it in the center beside the king and then the other would stretch it out act like he's hammering and then take another step and act like he's hammering so when i've done this in the classroom we've used all the tissue boxes from my closet as bricks oh that's a good idea good job ruth Hey, girl, that's my life. I just take what you start and change it a little bit. That's a good addition to this story. I love it. Okay. Circumference decided that he needed someone to share his kingdom with, so he found a queen to be his wife. Her name was Queen Center, and she shared Circumference's throne in the middle of the castle. And this is very fun in fifth grade when she chooses Queen Center. So Queen Center, there's no, like, other than just being the center, there's not, like, another word in there I didn't get. No, no. Okay. It's just that center is a po- important part of the circle because yeah. the definition of a circle is built from the center. So I was just making sure there wasn't like some QUI, some like five kind of thing no. I wasn't getting. No, and and I usually choose a boy who volunteers. I wouldn't pick somebody who wasn't volunteering, but I usually choose a boy to do this. And then I did have like this ugly dress that they would put on. Um you do you, you probably remember exactly which kid it was, don't oh, you? Oh, Nicholas Allen. Okay, well, there <laughs> she you remembers go. the color of the lace on I the know, dress. She probably does. It was green. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's a anyway. green velvet dress with white lace. I don't have room for pop culture because I have. <laughs> There's no room in my head for Levar Burton because it's full of, of circumference in this green dress. Random details of my yeah. teaching career. Circumference and Queen Center decided after a few years of life together that they wanted children. They adopted a lovely daughter that they named Diameter. She got that name. Poor girl. Yeah. She got that name because on the day that she was adopted, Circumference's arch enemy, Amateur, finally died. 
I knew Jay would roll his eyes at that. She she was named Diameter to commemorate that special day. I thought you were going to say because when she was being born, her mother walked from one side of the kingdom to the other waiting for that girl to be born. Oh, that that would be good. That's a really good idea. But at this point, though, you're you're not learning what the diameter is. It's coming. There is a reason that she's But you don't have to teach name. them, but they, just throw that in there. You're right. You're That's right. good stuff. And yeah. at this point, they're getting over the fact that this boy and this queen have now adopted a child which <laughs> teaching fifth graders that's a really good verb Thank instead you. of adopted first yeah. <laughs> had <laughs> made <laughs> okay yeah and, and often i pick a, a boy to be this part too because it's funny okay circumference and queen center also adopted another daughter who was half as old as diameter like it like it yeah. on the day there on the on the day that their youngest daughter was adopted, there was a radiant star in the sky. They named her <laughs> Radius. <laughs> named her Radius to remember that beautiful star. Actually, sh- they were twins, and they were radii. Oh, cute. Oh. The, ra- the radii twins. <laughs> oh, yeah. It could be two. Good point. Okay. If you stack them on top of each other, they're just as tall as their older sister oh. diameter. You, you can, you're gonna, we're gonna, Jay's gonna rewrite this story <laughs> to get it published. Everything was wonderful in Sir Comfort's kingdom. He had two beautiful daughters, a wonderful wife, and his arch enemy was dead. There was only one thing that he wasn't satisfied with the shape of his wall. He decided that he would put on a disguise and go outside of his kingdom to look for a new shape that he could use. So he said goodbye to his wife and daughters, put on a raggedy old shirt, and left his kingdom in search for a new shape for his wall. This is where you pulled out the mechanic shirt Uh from the gas station. Yeah. (laughs) What in the world? Yeah, it was. It was like a a mechanic. You're exactly right. And like a hat or something that, Mm -hmm. like a raggedy I don't remember what the hat was. Anyway, Circumference had a wonderful journey checking out the shapes that the Scuares, the Triangulace, and the Pentagonace used for their walls. When he got back to his kingdom, he began checking his pockets for his key. And so at this point, you're like getting the kid to, the kids, you know, wandering around the outside of the circle and you're getting them to pretend like they can't find their key. He realized after a few minutes that he accidentally forgot his keys when he left for his trip. So he called for his daughters to help him. Diameter, radius. Luckily, they were out for a stroll and they heard their dad's call of distress. When they got to the wall, he told them what had happened and asked them to go to the castle and get the key from their mother. He told them that he was going to continue walking around the outside of the wall while they found the key so that no one would figure out who he was. So he's there's where the idea of circumference comes because he's having to travel around the outside of his circular wall and he can't be still because if he's still somebody will see him and realize it's him gotcha yeah you already had that did i really need to explain well i'm just yeah okay thank you for doing that you've never heard this story have you i don't think i have okay radius and diameter went to their mom there that day yeah that's right radius and diameter went to their mom and got the key to unlock the door of the wall they decided that Radius was going to unlock a door while Diameter would keep track of where Circumference was. Radius took the key and tried it in a door, but the key didn't work. So she walked in a straight line back to her mom and said, Mom, what do I do? Queen Center said, Duh, Radius, try another door. So Radius walked in a straight line to another door and tried that one. It didn't work. So she went back to her mom and said, Mom, what do I do? Her mom said again, Duh, Radius, try another door. This continued for a long time because the key didn't work in lots of doors. Well, she couldn't go from one door to the next because her name wasn't Cord. Oh, good one, Jay. Good one. <laughs> you're exactly right. Yeah, you're understanding. You're learning. Um, so, so you're actually having the kid do it, right? Like, give walk me that. To let me let me write this story. <laughs> I know it's already been written. So you're they're they're walking from one point at the outside circle back to the mom and the, and the kids, the students are seeing this progress. Of, and right. Queen Center is loving saying, yeah. duh, duh, Radius. Duh, Radius. <laughs> While Radius was trying to unlock the door, Diameter was trying to find out where Circumference was on the outside of the wall. Diameter went to the wall and called, Dad, are you there? When he didn't answer, Diameter walked to her mom and said, I haven't found him yet. And she continued walking to the other side of the kingdom. She got there and yelled, Dad, are you there? He didn't answer, so Diameter walked back to her mom and said, I haven't found him yet, and continued walking to the other side of the kingdom. This continued for a long time because Circumference was constantly moving around the outside of the wall. So are you getting that she's passing through the center every time to talk to her mom? I did pick up on that. Okay, good. 
After lots of hours of radius walking from her mom to the wall and back, and diameter walking from one side of the circle to the other, radius finally got a door unlocked. Circumference was able to come back into his kingdom, take off his disguise, and put his robe and crown back on. Even though he saw lots of cool shapes for walls on his trip, he decided that he would keep the circle. He knew that if it kept him out so well, his enemies would never be able to get in. Circumference knew, though, that his wall needed something so he couldn't get locked down again. Here comes Jay. So Circumference hired another crew of royal construction workers to build a telephone system that he could use. They connected a cord from one door to the next all the way around the wall. Which at this point, though, in 2020, the cord idea, the kids are, I'm realizing that that's kind of um, antiquated because they don't know what don't have cords anymore. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Well, anyway. So at this point, I, do, I involve the rest of the kids and we get out like a ball of yarn and somebody's holding it at a door and then you pass it to another person and then you just make this like big spider web around the room and you should do something like they had to put up lights at the doors so they strung a power cord oh there you go instead of a telephone cord yeah that would work that would work so they're seeing this big old web that they can the cord can go anywhere and he also put oh maybe i should have said that already. He also put telephone cords across the kingdom from one door to another. There was a special cord that went right through the center of the castle that Queen Center could use to find Circumference. Circumference, radius, diameter, and Queen Center lived happily ever after in the land of Seer Clay, never getting locked out of their kingdom again. The end. A Yay! Pause. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait, that's laughing. That's close. Oh. <laughs> Jay found the buttons on his little podcast machine, and he's pretty excited to use them. <laughs> All right, so that's the story. I was laughing. Story. It was such a good story. <laughs> wow, thank you. I like how it just cuts off. Awesome. So that's the story. Do we want to do this the other one now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so the background on this one is... When your student teacher shows up with a story that she's written for math and she was doing teaching science and she planned these amazing centers for light and she had a song for everything, (laughs) you're like, holy cow, what am I going to do? So I don't, I think she had already left and I was then supposed to teach um, the difference between squares parallelograms rhombus and rectangles rectangles. and so this oh yes um this is a story that started because i put my students in groups because i knew that i couldn't come up with a story like tracy had so (laughs) i put it on my students and the idea sparked from them and then we worked together on a class everybody every group wrote a different story and this is the one that kind of stuck A quad meets Squaray outside the dance club. The quad invites him in because he has four sides. Squad refuses after he calls the quads whack because they don't have any parallel lines, their sides are different lengths, and they are lacking right angles. The quad asks if he doesn't, the quad acts as if he doesn't care and goes back into the dance club. And I will have to say now that when I do this in my classroom, every time we, every time it says he goes back into the dance club, then I play this electronica music and everyone who's in the class who doesn't already have a part gets to stand up and dance when the music comes on, except for that you have to put up four fingers because it's the quad club and whatever dances you have to do, you have to have like four fingers up. So imagine like, what's this one called? The sprinkler, but yep. your, your hands that you're holding up have the four Right. Do you do that when you do it in your room? They that would mean that I would have to teach them. So is this what spirit fingers are? <laughs> with four, yeah. Jazz hands with four. Jazz hands. <laughs> Jazz hands. <laughs> okay. So I need I need you to back up okay. and, and tell me who couldn't get into the club and whose club is it and Great. why. Fantastic. Because it's I the, missed I missed some of the details on yeah. who was in the club and who wasn't. And I will say to you when we when I teach it, I'm doing a little bit of explaining as I'm reading the story. It's almost like the story is reminding me what to to right. teach, right? Okay, so there's a quad okay. in the quad club. But and I and I also do you like give them things hanging around their neck to show who they are? Do you do that too? Um we do and the students have Oh, I forget what they're called. Like the two strips where they are making the shape at their table. Anglex? To- Something like that. Yes. Yeah. 
or geo strips or something. Ge- yeah, where you're making the rectangles and stuff and moving them. Yeah. So that so so the quad, if you were going to use ang legs, would be one that had all different four different colors. So it's a quadrilateral, but it's not a regular one of any okay. type. It's just so any it's, kind of quadrilateral. Yeah. And so Square gets An invited. Exactly. There you go. Square gets invited in, but he's like, Psh, I don't want to be in there because you are not cool enough. You don't have. And then he lists right. off. I was thinking it was the cool club and they were kicking out somebody. This nope. is he doesn't want to be in their club because their club is not cool enough for him. Exactly. He doesn't doesn't gotcha. want to hang out with people that don't have four right angles or four congruent sides or two sides. But they invited sides. him because he had four sides. Right. He was, he was one of them, but in. they weren't one of him. Exa- oh, that was good. Yeah. And you might have to decide as you're telling it, like, how much information you want to give. You know, you could you would edit this based on what your students already know. When I've done it in fourth grade, by this point, my kids have already sort of uh, explored the ideas of quadrilaterals already and so it's kind of I'm a, I usually pick somebody who really knows what they're talking about and their soiree and so they're sort of saying the things I ask how, t- now you want to say I don't want to come in there with you and tell me t- tell that person why they're not as cool as you and they can usually come up with them okay is that good thank you for Great. thanks for making me fill in the holes yeah Square continues his walk. He meets Trapper on the sidewalk. And so this would be a person that has a trapezoid hanging around their neck. I was really hoping they were holding a Trapper Keeper. <laughs> that would be really that would awesome. Be so <laughs> that would be very 1997. He tells, oh, earlier than that. You were okay. in high school in 97. Okay, 1989. There we go. Okay. closer. He tells Trapper about being invited to the four-sided dance by the quad and how nerdy the quad was because that quad over there didn't have any parallel lines. His sides are different lengths and he is lacking right angles. Trapper realizes that he has one set of parallel lines. So he agrees with the quads that that he agrees that the quads are nerds and he tries to get to become Squaray's friend. Squaray tells Trapper that having one set of parallel lines is hardly enough to make you cool. So he's as so he's like digging on the on the quad guy, and Trapper's like, "Ooh, I can fit in with you, Squaray. Here's what makes me cool: I have one set of parallel sides." And then Squaray's like, Psh, "Uh, no, uh, no, that's not cool enough. One so- one pair is not enough. See ya. Get your busted non non right angles out of exactly. here. Exactly. That's good. You should be Squaray." Um, Peril, wait, did it say he went into the quad club? Mm, when we, when we actually publish this story, Ruth, we will, we'll edit it a little bit. Cause yeah, we yeah. will. Okay. One You're doing a great will. job. <laughs> I hope Marilyn Burns will listen to this and let us publish it in her <laughs> thing. Oh, high hopes, right? Um, yeah. That should be the say. title. High hopes. <laughs> no, uh, Marilyn Burns Marilyn. listened to this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Marilyn, this one's for you. Yeah. That's awesome. Peril happens to be walking down the street and overhears Square talking to Trapper. You are so right. Having one set of parallel lines is not cool enough. You got to have two sets like me. So basically, Peril's trying to like get in with, with Square, right? He tries to convince Square that he's cool because he has two sets of parallel lines. Square quickly informs him that he, he doesn't have congruent sides and right angles. So he too is whack. And this is where you're trying to get the kid to say those things, you know, mm-hmm. dude, you can't hang out with me because you don't have congruent sides and you don't have right angles. But it's also where you. And you are whack. 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 You have to say that. Yeah, that's right. You have to say that a lot. Go ahead, Ruth. But it's also where you as a teacher stop and you talk about how this happens in real life and how you might say something not nice about one of your friends because you want to be friends with a different person. Mm, Yeah. And how this story could have taken a different, you know, how it could be written differently if we were just talking about the friend aspect. Yeah, that's good. I use it like that in my classroom a lot. I like it. Peril runs to catch up with Trapper. He apologizes. Trapper forgives him. Then they meet one of the quads at the door of the dance club. Both Trapper and Peril have four sides, so they are allowed in. It's not long before Trapper and Peril change their minds about being a quad. I wish we had downloaded the electronica music because every time we got to that point, we would put yeah, the music in right now. Have. Maybe okay. I'll put it in over top. Insert electronica music and do the dancing, y'all. That's the fun part. Okay. Squaray is continuing his stroll down the road when he is startled by this big dude who introduces himself as Rombo. <laughs> Jay. I wish you could see Jay. Rombo <laughs> thinks he is cool because he has two sets of parallel lines and four congruent sides. 
Square is less than impressed. He explains <laughs> He explains that in order to be cool, you must also have... Right what? angles. That's right. You have to have four right angles. <sighs> Rombo knows that his cousin Peril was headed to the four-sided dance club. He rolls his eyes at Square, tells him that it is his loss to not be friends with someone Say like himself. you're whack, Yeah, Square. that's right. And goes to the dance. <laughs> Listen to this one. Square sucks his teeth, rolls his eyes, and walks away. Exactly. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then it said he went to the dance, so insert music. As he continues, <laughs> you're, you're missing my dance every time, y'all. As he continues, he meets Rex. Rex has four right angles and two sets of parallel lines. Squire tells him the same thing he's told all the others about how wacky he is because he doesn't have four right angles, two sets of parallel lines, and four congruent sides. Rex's feelings are hurt for just a second. As soon as he hears the noise from the dance club, he runs to join the other quads. It's not long before Squire realizes he is all alone. Just because he is the most specific quad, deep down inside, he is still a quad. He looks longingly, here it comes, Ruth, he looks longingly at the dance club and says, It's better to be there than to be square. Oh, that was good. That was there good. Go. I like it. Okay, wait, there's, wait, is that the end? So, wait, actually, the version I have, oh, why did I let go down? Dang it. Oh, that is the last one. So, the version I have, or maybe it's just the version that I tell, is that Squire, yeah, we're missing a whole bunch of pages. The Squire from there goes back to the club, and he apologizes to all of the people in the club and says, look, I'm really sorry that I acted like such a jerk. I realized that you are cool, too, because you're a quad. And then he, I make my kids make an apology. The Squire has to make an apology to every single quadrilateral and say, you're cool because, and say what they, what they have in common. So you're cool, quad, because you have four sides. And you're cool, trapper, because you have four sides and one set of parallel lines. Sounds like you turned and yours into an after-school special. It is, yes. <laughs> so he apologizes to all of them, and then they accept him. They accept his apology, and then the dance music, insert the dance music at the end. Do you not tell yours that way? Yours just ends right there? Ours just ends. But we don't dance, oh. so... Okay. Because I would have to teach them how to do the dances. And yeah. <laughs> I still have that letter from Tanera when I taught first grade that says, Dear Miss E, you are so white. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like story time. Thanks for letting us tell the stories. Right. Hopefully that will help you teach your kids yeah. about the differences between quadrilaterals and the basics of circles. Yeah. Okay. We're doing good on time still. So let's move on. We'll just leave that right there where it is. And oh, maybe if, if any of our listeners have written a good math story for something that you just couldn't find one for, let us know and we will. Send it to well, us. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. We could even or feature yet, you. Read it and let us like, like read it to us so we can hear it because yeah. stories are better read like from the person who's reading them than just getting a written version. Totally. Yes. We'd love to share your stories. Okay. Are we ready to talk about where you are with coronacation? I think so. As I'm fighting with that PowerPoint, like trying to get to the next slide and it's sliding up because your computer is different than mine. <laughs> and now I'm going to all online. <laughs> You're going to be all right. We're going to help you through it. So tell us briefly what you know today, realizing that it might be completely different Monday, but what are you charged with doing? Okay, so we are on spring break this we are already off and okay. we have been given an additional week of spring break that'll be covered with snow days so there's no required work for our students okay um we are headed back to school in groups by either grade level or um content area I thought you were going to say technological ability. Oh, no. <laughs> um, in less than 10, and we are going to implement Google Classroom. In which, less, oh, you mean groups less than 10? Mm -hmm, okay. In groups less than 10. So the IT guys are going to stand up, I guess, stand up in front of a Cassidy lab, which is a computer lab that we have, and teachers are going to, well, we've been charged with watch this Google Classroom video so you know the basics. And then there's another video that's being made by one of our administrators. This is how it's going to be used at our school. 
and now you're going to come in for this 15 minute session and then you're going to go to your classroom by yourself and set up your Google Classroom. And if you have a question, you have to push the page button and the IT guy will come to you. But we can't be in the hallways walking past each other. We're isolated to our classrooms after this 10 minute meeting. The world is so bizarre. (laughs) So teachers who typically like to just all hang out in the same room and do their planning. Yeah. Yeah. They'll Um, just hang out in their own room and talk on their phones to each other. Right. So for me, I would say that I still use new technology and I'm not scared of using Google Classroom. But you but it we should note that your your students have not done it at all. They, they... students have not done Google Classroom. Um This is not something that you have been using and now have to make exclusive use of. This is some you guys, you know. Right. In fact, seen. we've been asked not to use them because the only access that my students well, I'm going to say K through 7 have are classroom sets of iPads. And there are lots of parents who don't want their children to have email addresses when they're in elementary school. Mm -hmm. And so we just haven't required it. Um, I don't know what that... Does every kid have to have an email address to be on You have to have a user account through your school's domain. I am not an administrator on, on our school's domain, so I don't know if that means you have to have email They've got so many, they could turn it off to where they can't receive email, but theoretically they would have an email address because that's their user account. I will tell you from our, from our school system that, um, third and down don't have email access and fourth and up do. So it's possible that they would like turn email access Mm. off. Yeah. Like it maybe it could be turned off, I guess. So I know that our administration and our IT people have worked round the clock because every student in our school has an account every teacher has an account a username a password i mean they're just giving it to us instead of having to deal with all of the let's set this up can everybody click this button because we all know how that goes for mm-hmm. tech for techie people let alone people who still write on the chalkboard <laughs> and give out worksheet packets Do you guys have chalkboards uh we have whiteboards. Most most classes have whiteboards now with Expo markers, but there are teachers who just use that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are you, what are you thinking? Like, what are you going to, once you learn how to do it? Okay. Or- so I have been really thinking about what I'm going to do next and how I want to do it in Google Classroom. Because if there was ever a time for me to say, Today, we're going to learn to multiply fractions. Please watch this video of me teaching multiplying fractions. This would be it. Yeah. Teach them and let them go. Yeah. But I'm also seeing the benefits of noticing and wondering and number talks. So I've been multiplying fractions is coming next. Okay. Um, And by multiplying fractions, you meet, you're going to have to think about fraction times a whole number, whole number times a fraction, mm-hmm. and fractions times a fraction, and do you go as far as mixed number times mm-hmm. a mixed number? Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Yuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. You need that one. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but I just have this, like, okay, today you're going to print out these fraction bars. You're going to cut them out. You can color them if you want to. And then I want you to show me two-thirds, then cover half of two-thirds using something other than a fraction bar. Can you cover half of two-thirds with something from nature? Can you cover two-thirds of three-fourths with some kind of toy from your room? And can you submit a picture of all of these fraction bars So now we're looking at all of the different ways that students have submitted, understanding I don't know anything about Google Classroom, Mm -hmm. but I would love to get all the pictures in one place. I would do kind of a sort. What's the same? What's different? Because from experience, I know that when I say show me half of two thirds, I'm going to say show me half of three fourths. Students put the one half over the four 
on the three-fourths model. Like, they think because I'm saying show me half of, they have to use that blue bar for something. Mm -hmm. And so if they can show me half of it using something else. Oh, I see. I wasn't grasping why you were telling me it's something different. Okay. So that they're not always looking for those blocks. But if you can cover half of three-fourths with grass or with rocks... Well, now can you find the fraction bars that line up to that section? Hmm. And that was kind of coming in my head because, so we were in school, we were, we left school Thursday, we didn't have school Friday. And Thursday, after they took a quiz, all of those questions were on the board. What's half of one fourth? What's two thirds of three fourths? And it was just, here's the fraction bars, see if you can figure these out at your seat. Okay. And that's exactly what I had. So I was already thinking about how I could do it differently. Can you show me half of two thirds with your paper or something? Or yeah. Where do you think half of two thirds would be? Can you draw a line? That kind of a thing. So I could get them past the having to use the one half every time. Okay. Um, So do you want to stop there and like think more about how to make it happen or you want to keep going? I don't know. Maybe Jay can tell me a little bit about Google Classroom and what kind of contributions a student can make from home that I could see or that everyone can see. Well, it really depends on what sort of, you know, you said, you know, students have, there are class sets of iPads, but students aren't going to have an iPad at home. Right. I mean, they may have one from their family, but they don't have the one they're used to using. So there, I mean, there's definitely ways that they can you know, type an answer back or maybe take a picture with their mom's phone and send it back. Um, I'm guessing if mom and dad don't want them to have an email address, they probably also don't want them to have a YouTube account, which is how they could, you know, upload a video back to you. Um, but maybe that's, you know, maybe that's something that that's definitely something they can do. That's, uh, you know, a possibility um, of interacting with, you know, with what you're doing in Google drive, you, you would earn that Google drive, Google classroom, you make an assignment and they can either submit a file or they can, you know, put it into a Google doc and submit it back to you or type in an answer back to you. Um, You know, and and you can, there's all sorts of ways, different media or way that they can put an answer and submit it back to you. Is that what your question? But, mm -hmm. but there's such a learning curve. Like I'm just thinking about if I had to help trip, who doesn't know how to use it. That's true. Yeah. And if I didn't know anything, so so you're saying take a picture of something and I had to get a picture from, and I'm, the only place I know to do that is my phone. Okay, let's say, pretend. Um, the thought of ha- how many steps I have to do to get that picture to the kid who then is going to upload it on their computer to and even find the spot because you're talking in under classwork. There's like a, th- like a, what's it called? The first part, the... The, the stream, stream is one window. Then there's the coursework or classwork. Yeah, that's and that's where you're like turning in something hmm. that's direct, like a turn in instead of just a message board kind right. of, you know. Yeah, the stream is kind of like, like. Announcements. Almost, yeah, like announcements like you would see on, on Facebook, just stuff that rolls through chronologically. And am I the only person who contributes to the stream or. Can- it can be set. You can set oh, so that you're okay. the only one that contributes. But the, the stream used to be the way everything was put through Google Classroom. It's kind of set off to the side. It's not the primary now. Now the classwork page is kind of more mimics a regular learning management system where you can organize stuff by units or by top or by so weeks. So what about like a survey? Because now I'm thinking, well, what if I did it at home and then I uploaded my pictures and said, click yes if your picture looked like this, click yes if your picture looked like this. Sure. Is, is there some kind of a survey where they could almost do it immediately and I could see how many kids said theirs looked like this? Yes. As part of an assignment, you could put in a Google form survey. Oh, okay. And you, I mean, and you can input pictures as choices there. Mm-hmm. Mine looked like this or it looked like this. I mean, they could pick the picture it looked closer to or something like that. And when through Google Classroom, you each student completes that as part of their assignment. So it... it it, you know, records that they have submitted that. The other one that I think could be maybe fairly simple is Flipgrid. And your and your kids at least have seen it at the mm-hmm. beginning of the year. Did you use it ever since then? Mm-mm. Okay, well, that's a way that you could put the Flipgrid link, the 
it right in your Google Classroom stream and say, click here, and then you're going to show pick one of them and talk to me about it. And, like, they would just literally, like, tip their – well, their, they would use their phone, I would think, somebody's phone or somebody's iPad and record it, use that. Well, that's a lot of steps, too. That's a lot of steps. I mean – if you could hold something in front of the webcam on a computer, you could do Flipgrid from the computer. Yeah. I'm assuming Flipgrid has an app. I've never used I've it. I've used it. I used it this week. So, I mean, you know, mom could put Flipgrid on her phone. They could, you know, same thing, talk and point to it or... or, or. Okay. All of this, I'm going to say from the parent point of view, they're going to be dealing with it from six teachers and they're going to be... And each one and of those mamas has three or four kids. And like devices in our house is an issue right now. I mean, we have a device for every person, but it's still an issue because like... Some things Adley can't do on her computer. And, you know, I don't know. There's just, there's been this, like, sharing problem, even even if we have one for every kid. So I think the more, I, I think going towards your idea of, um, is this, does this match? Do you recognize it's just this? Gonna, what is this like? Like, maybe start off, because this, this is also their first week, you know, like, mm-hmm. starting off slow I think is better than like, woo, let's do all the things. Yeah, but, and, and also they're, you know, it's the first week. It's also a transition. They didn't start the year this way. This is, you know, it's 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 a, a bunch of change, a bunch of new right towards the end. You know, it'd be different if, if they had been working on this and been planning for this and they knew this was coming to try all those, you know, more complicated things. Okay, I just said that. But then you could also, if you wanted to, there could be like an optional step where – if you did this, get your parents to take a picture and you could just receive it by email mm-hmm. or know? by text. I mean, yeah. because yeah. I have remind yeah, and students can text back on remind and they're used to doing that. Right. Yeah. They're so, used to doing that. Yeah. If you already have, if you already have a built in method for them to send you information that. like that, then do that. And it doesn't have to go in through classroom, mm-hmm. but I mean, if they're, if they're delivering it to you some way, they already have a, a, a method of delivery. Definitely go with that one. So, the ways to receive things in Google Classroom that are going to be easy are going to be forms. Like, and you already know how to do that, mm-hmm. right? You're looking tired. I can read it on your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, can, you can make a Google Doc and then, like, as a template, and then you can tell it that every time a kid clicks on this, you want it to open one up for them, like their own copy of it. Hmm. And then they would fill it in just like a worksheet, basically. You know, that's a good way to do it. So mm-hmm. here are these four questions you need to answer. And when they click on it, it opens up their own copy of it. And then it also like it's going to go in your drive and their drive. So you both kind of can see it. So could have I done that with Google Sheets too? Yeah. Yeah. You're rolling your eyes. What do you think? Because we did that whole third quarter QMAT review and I shared it like I share with you. And when I opened it second period to show them what theirs was and put the answers in it, it saved it. So when they got home, the answers were in it. <laughs> yeah. Another, another, uh, why don't you tell your trick about the copy thing? If you're, if, even if you're not going to use Google Classroom, this is a tip for everyone. Yeah. This works with whatever, you know, if you're, even if you're not using Google Classroom, but if you're using Google Docs, um, you know, if you're, if you build this a template or an assignment or, you know, I've been working with factory this week, they want to, you know, people that still have paper quizzes that they hand out. And so, that's, you know, this is a way that when you have created this in Google Docs, if you look up in the URL, the, the address box, it's a long string of letters and numbers that ends with a slash and the word edit. If you get rid of the word edit and replace it with the word copy and send that link then everybody who clicks on that link is forced to make a copy of that. That's the same thing that Google Classroom does built in. But if you're not using Google Classroom, this is a way to force it, just changing the URL so that anybody that clicks on that has to make a copy and doesn't get the original. Yeah, that's what you needed in life. That's what I needed in life like two Februarys ago. (laughs) Well, here you are. (laughs) Happy Corona-cation. It's a gift. (laughs) Um. Okay. Are we making you more crazy no, or are we... you're not. I really just have to think about how I'm going to ask the questions. Because, Tracy, let's be honest. There are going to be parents who are like, oh, look, Mrs. E said you're going to learn to multiply fractions. Multiply across the top, multiply across the bottom, and finish this assignment. And it's going to be done. Yeah. I can't fight that. Yeah. Like, I wish that no one would do that. 
but it's going to happen mm-hmm. because parents are going to feel empowered. Yeah. You know, that they can oh, teach their kid. That. Yeah. Is there, is there a way you could video yourself teaching the lesson with the pauses, like the shorten down the discovery kind of lesson that you would want to do and say, try this, pause here. And then, you know. Like Dora the Explorer. Is that how that works? Where she waits for you to respond. I don't know. I haven't watched that. Oh, because I'm older than you and that's what my (laughs) child, my child. Yeah, there you go. My kid's childhood was filled. Yes. How do you say three in Spanish? Pause, pause, pause. Long, awkward pause. Trace. Yeah. Mommy, uh, she said my name again. Backpack, backpack, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I don't know, Ruth. I think you, I think, I guess I'm coming back with keep it simple for your parents and kids. Mm-hmm. Keep it simple for yourself, too, at the beginning. Like, oh, now's where you should insert your speech, Jay Prophet. Oh, yes. You know, you're you're coming up against this. I've been doing this all week with college faculty who, you know, are – you know, if you think you're set in your ways, oh my word! <laughs> I mean, you know, people are still everything comes in on a sheet of paper and been, and I told them, you know, we they've been look, you know, trying to learn how to use the learning management system, how to turn anything in, you know, how to just make an assignment. But over and over, I told them, I said, nothing ever works the way you think it's going to the first time. Nothing, nothing for you, not for me, not for the students. You know, build in some time for the first time you do it, make it no stakes. Low stakes or no stakes to where you all get to get in there. You get to play. You get to dip your toes in it, you know, mess around and learn how it works while you're not panicking about getting it right. Then once people have seen it and messed with it and know how it works, then build up from there. So like maybe your first day or two of assignments is like, which one doesn't belong? Or, you know, maybe it's just really, really, like you said, no stakes to work out all the kinks first, you know? I did on, on this session that you're going to in person. I did that online 26 times this week. He's not lying. <laughs> no. And I, cha- I I fix things every single time because it just, you know, every time I was like, whoop, that didn't work quite the way I want it to. So I'm going to do this with it. Or this group of people are, are reacting different. So I'm going to do this with it. And, you know, it's, it, it is, it's okay. It, you can always fix it and make it a little bit better. It'll be interesting to see what your administration's expectations are, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. You know, like, are we expecting this to replace what you would have done in the classroom? And, you know, a week from now, are we going to finish this school year or not? I think I think in another week or two, we'll know whether this is all over. <laughs> and right. We've up. been told best case scenario, we'll come back April 1st. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. So the other case scenario is finish out the year. Yeah. And and. And you've got to know, you've got to know before you, or, well, you don't have to, but it would be really helpful to know what kind of expectations are there here. Mm-hmm. You know, are we trying to replace it or are we just trying to fill a little bit of it or, yeah, you'll just have to wait and see, I guess. That's scary. We're all in the same boat, though. You know, oh, yeah. every teacher in the country is like, what yeah. does this mean for next year? You know? Right. And we have this whole group of kids that doesn't know a fourth of the material that they're supposed to know. Plus the things they already didn't know, <laughs> you know, <Right>. didn't learn. <laughs> Do we want to talk about it from the parent perspective, like trying to homeschool, or do we want to save that? I think we have time to just kind of encourage parents. Yeah. So you heard something really good today. Why don't you share that? Okay. So um, there are – one of the teachers at school um, sent out a video to encourage our parents about redeeming the time and not letting this just be – wasted time yeah whether it's for you as an adult because you're working from home and it's not a nine to five job anymore because there's not as much to do or whether you are working nine to five and you need to have your kids entertained but letting them just be in front of videos all day long is not healthy for anyone Mm -hmm. so your time was broken into three different categories it was creating cultivating or consuming and creating was just the intentional creation of something so you spend time doing arts and crafts music drawing painting 
indoor or outdoor projects, create a new game or an outdoor activity, do Legos or imaginative play. Okay. Cultivating is the idea of developing or improving ourselves, relationships, and the world around us. So again, you're reading or studying, doing sports, biking or running or exercising, playing with your family or friends, building relationships, doing chores, cleaning, practicing an instrument, and then consuming is the passive consumption of entertainment, which is TV, video games, movies, social media, anything a kid is just scrolling, mindlessly scrolling. Yeah. And his recommendation was that you break your time into, you break your day into two sessions and you have to create and cultivate before you consume. And so as a parent, you decide you get an hour of consumption after five hours of creating and cultivating Ooh. or, you know, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> Good luck with that. To whatever, split yeah. your day in half kind sure. of thing. And, you know, don't let the consumption, if you've decided your kids are only going to be on screens for two hours, then don't let it be two hours at one time. Split that, that in half. Sense. Yeah. Okay. So cool. that's what the whole, you know, two days and you're, or two, twice a day. And then you have your sleep, right? So, that's where I get think that five hours came from. Yeah. And his whole recommendation was that sometimes when you plan it to the hour or you plan it to the minute, you feel like a failure if it doesn't work. And you just told us that nothing's going to work the first time, so it needs to be tweaked. And so thinking of it in these three groups might be something that you can... Yeah. And making a plan is a good idea, but being flexible enough to change that plan when it doesn't work. Yeah. Right. And that means sometimes if your kids are going to cultivate, then you're going to walk around or, you know, write letters to the elderly people that live in your neighborhood or even to all the people in a nursing home that don't get to see their family members. Those are the kinds of things that you would have to come up with as a parent. You know, this is how you can use your creation time today because your kids are going to be like, I don't know what else to create. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've been there. Um. We, we are on day four of homeschooling today, and I feel like it's gone okay. Um, we just, I don't know if this is helpful to anybody. Should I share our schedule? Sure. Um, and I will agree with you that sometimes the timing is freaking my kids out a little bit because we want to go over on something and then we're losing time on this one. And I've tried to be like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. We can, you know. Um, anyway, so we start at 8 o'clock every day because that's what time we would normally basically be out of the house anyway um and they have 30 minutes they they i broke it up into that we were going to work from eight to ten every morning and we were going to work from one to three every afternoon and i broke that up into four spots um so half an hour four half an hour spots within that and then i let them the first day pick so four spots in the morning and four spots in the afternoon exactly so our homeschool day is four hours is what i'm saying and I, um, two in the morning, two in the afternoon. And I said they could pick where they wanted to put the things. And I told them they had to, I, I wrote out a list of what they had to have. Um, so they had to have reading, science, math, service, which was my fancy word for chores, but I called it service. It worked a little bit. Um, <laughs> art, writing. Trip had to have violin practice and Adley doesn't play an instrument. So she wanted to put Spanish in as her because she's just on her own, wants to do Duolingo and has yeah. been studying it. So those were the things. And if you probably. If she were in school now, she'd be in a Spanish exactly. class. Exactly. I'm so sad for her about that. Um, if you counted, that was only seven things. They both wanted to do two half an hours of math. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so there are two half an hour. So. The the reading has gone well so far. The science experiment part is the part that stresses me out every day. At about seven fifteen, I'm like, "Crap! What can we do? I need an experiment." And so every- yesterday, I came home and Carrington had four hundred rubber bands that she had bought, and she made a watermelon explode in the front awesome. yard with Bella. Yeah, and she called me and was like, "Mom, you've got to stop and get more rubber bands because <laughs> this is not popping." <laughs> that's funny. So that's her Ruth's daughter and then niece, right? That's yeah. awesome. I saw some pictures. Um, Trip wants me to teach him math. He started out at the beginning, like I said in the last last podcast, he wants me to teach him division. So I'm actually like doing a one-on-one discovery. It's a really discovery, I promise you. Um, <laughs> lesson today, we talked about how the 
divisor, although I didn't use that word, how the divisor could be the number of groups or the size of the groups. And he was real excited about that. Um, That's cool. And then Dreambox, which update, Adley doesn't hate Dreambox as much anymore. And she actually chose to play it for an entire half an hour. She located the little store spot that you earn money and then you can buy ringtones and avatars and backgrounds. Dreambox. Oh, I don't know if it's called that, but it should be. (laughs) So I went home that night and to me, I was really struggling with how you choose what your child is going to work on. But because I said Bella was in fourth grade, she got multiplying fractions, place value, which I felt like was so complicated. Hmm. Um. I don't know. There was just like this huge learning curve that if I were using it in the classroom, I would feel like I would have to teach how to do it. Like they had this one. Is it adaptive? I couldn't figure it out. Like, I don't know if it's because we're getting the free version that I don't have access to the edit their path or something. Yeah. To like say this is what she should work on. But there was one where it was like, okay, use these circles and make diagrams that you can put all of these items in and so it was like white and yellow and caps like hats but it wasn't just a venn diagram like some of them were the big circle and the small circle and then the smallest circle and you had to figure out where to put them and you were the one who did the circles i'm like i'm a grown adult and i don't even know (laughs) weird Yeah, yeah it was there was just a huge learning curve and she was on the like she's in good and i'm sending her her username and password saying try this out so yeah. well we will keep we will need to keep doing research on it but i'm just glad to know that adley we did yeah. find the fun side of it and that motivated her a little bit um and i've just been giving them like one very minimal chore because that is the thing that will send my kids over the you know edge um and it did twice this week already um which i know like if we were better at schedules during our normal life that that would go over easier but that we're just still trying to work that out so anyway i taught trip how to clean the bathroom this week and i taught him how to sweep like a real person so that was good sweep like a real person um and then for art he's doing art for kids hub and she is doing did i mention that before Mm-mm. he's doing um art for kids hub which is a fantastic website and she is asking me things she wants to learn learn, learn to draw and then i'm searching for tutorial videos on YouTube. That's working okay so far. For writing, they've been writing. Adley found a pen pal um, off of a friend that I have on Facebook, their kid. And um, Tripp's been either emailing his grandma or his teacher. That's working out well. Like We got him a new email, like his own email address. So that's cool. And then um, they're playing outside for some of the time. And then the, the free time from like 10 to 12 and three to five i'm like screens i don't care because i need to recover during those times i need i have i still have work they've to been do playing outside a good bit of that time yeah because it's it really good weather right really now nice. yeah yeah and and i think it's been it's been a great so far a great time to be home and because they do get to spend so much of that time outside and they've and they've enjoyed it yeah oh i didn't mention that adley's math time she had work from school so thankfully i didn't have to like come up with that it wasn't but that's okay. <laughs> it's meant to be enrichment, so it's fine. Um, can I share one more thing? Do we have time? I think so. We're good on time. It's your podcast. Okay, great. Well, I'm going to share it then. What, th- it's not math related really at all, but um, as a parent, because I feel like a lot of people might be on the other end trying to homeschool their own kids and they haven't spent that much time with their kids in a long time. <laughs> so um, it I will link it on the show notes, but it is this video about um, how to talk about the brain with your kids. And have I talked to you about the barking dog and the wise old owl? Okay. Well, real fast, um, there's two parts to your brain. There's the, I'm holding up my hand, but the bottom part is your thumb. You can pretend that you're like flexing your thumb in towards your palm. And the bottom part of your brain is the fight, flight, or freeze part. So when you're threatened, that part of your brain causes you to either fight or flee or just completely freeze. The top part of your brain is your reasoning part and problem solving part. And when a threat happens, that's normally how it's spoken, but also just when you get mad, your 
bottom part of your brain hijacks the top part of your brain. So you would picture that your thumb is coming up over top of your fingers. Now you're making a fist with your thumb on the outside. And so they talk, call it the barking dog. And your your thumb, your barking dog part, your fight, flight, or freeze part takes over. And you you are no longer capable of reasoning, okay, or solving problems or thinking about things logically because all your brain can think about is this. And so we as parents go towards like, oh, let me talk to you about why that was a bad choice or let's reason why this isn't a big deal or, you know, we, we try to like talk about the consequences or any of that stuff. Well, if they are in fight, flight, or freeze, they cannot reason yet. Like, they have to calm down. You have to calm down the barking dog and then picture yourself making a fist where your top of your fingers go back over your thumb. And that's when your barking dogs Hmm. calm down. The wise old owl, she says, takes over and now you can reason. So our kid, let's just be honest, our kid struggles with the calming down part. Like, he just so, like... We, he raged for two and a half hours one day this week, and it was awful. And I'm like, we are not going to survive this, you know. Um, but I remembered this video that I'd seen at school where she talks about this. And so what I've got to do is help him learn how to s- self-regulate himself and calm himself down. Like, how can we get the barking dog to not bark for two and a half hours but calm down quickly? So that saved us this week one day, even if it was just for me to remember, like, I can't reason with you when you are slamming things and growling and hitting and, you know, all the stuff. So I'll link it. And if you're if you're at home, like, how am I going to deal with this <laughs> kid that it has a meltdown at the drop of a hat, like this might be something that could save you like it saved me this week. So there it is. And Good back stuff. back in your classroom too, you might realize like, the, oh, I'm trying too hard to work on the reasoning part when I just need to give the kid a strategy to calm down first. So there you are. Yep. Okay. Takeaways. I'll leave that as my takeaway. Cool. Did you have something you didn't get to talk about yet? Nope. Nope. Okay. My takeaway is I'm drinking coffee out of my brand new The West Wing Weekly Mug. Oh, you are so cool. Which is the West, the podcast that made me just couldn't wait to start this podcast. Yeah. And it was a show-by-show review of The West Wing, which is the best television show ever. And I just got my mug today before I had to come home for work for good. Yeah. And coffee has never tasted this good. Aww. I'm surprised you said all that without tearing up, JJ. I'm proud of you. <laughs> you almost did. I, I am, I'm not saying I'm yeah. <laughs> As he takes a drink. How about you, Ruth? What's your takeaway? Um, I can do this. You can. Yep. So this has been, it's been different for me because I could do homeschool and I could have my kids at home and they're not. Yeah. Like, Carrington's college is now online and she is ready to jump ship and (gasps) go to her summer job and live with my cousin and just be on self-isolation in that house instead of this house. No. Which gives me just my husband. Yeah. Oh, wow. Empty nest. Isn't there like some kind of sound effects for that over there (laughs) (laughs) we got a lot more to talk about on the next run don't we we do so anyways all of that to say google classroom will keep me from consuming i I can do creating and cultivating yeah (laughs) Yeah. just get in there and play with it yeah you know you have i don't know if they created your courses for you they did because they they did yeah so see if you have the ability to just Make another class and just get in there and play with it. The more you get in there, try to put an assignment, see what that does. Put this in there, see what that does. Okay. Um, and you said that you just came home from your job. Like, are you not going back next week? I have. I've. This week was the last week that I had to be in the, well, had to be in the office. I was running these webinars nonstop all day long. Um, and I was doing that from my office, you know, with, I'm the only one in my office. And starting next week, I, I may have to go in some, but. I am going to be home. But you'll be here primarily. for my Google Classroom. Yes. We'll just go to Jay yes. Prophet's house. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to work through <laughs> this. Should open up a, uh, on online assistance. Wait, I can't do that. I still have to work. Yeah. 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 We're going to get you through it. I'm kind of excited because yeah. I don't have a class to like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Jay's Manage. been telling me I need to think about how to pour into the teachers, which maybe we'll talk about that c- yeah. coming up too. But 
I'm excited that once I know how I need you to pour into me, then yeah. you'll know how to pour exactly. into exactly. 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 Okay. Cool. All right. Hang in there, friends. We're going to make it through, and I'll see you next week on a run. All right. We are.